you would turn with me to Matthew. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 1, but I want to go over and read from the book of Hebrews to begin with. Our Lord, when he was pronouncing the curse upon Satan and the woman and, and Adam, he told Satan, he said, to see to the woman, she'll bruise the head of the serpent. And that's the reason Cain slew Abel, because his own works were evil, and his brothers was righteous, and the seed of the serpent thought, I'm going to stop this from happening. But he didn't, and he couldn't. And it's just amazing. We forget about those little things, all those little details. You imagine how to have a grandmother that wicked that would kill her own grandchildren. You know why? Have no natural affection. They, man, by nature, hates God. But no matter what they do, let the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing. You know what God said? I'm going to set my king on the holy hill of Zion. And he does, and he did, and he's still doing it. In Hebrews chapter 1, it says, verse 1, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, he hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom he also made the world, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. He sat down as king. Being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by an inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again I will be unto him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again when he bringeth in the firstborn into the world, he said, Let all the angels of God worship him. That's what they did when they brought the news to the shepherd. There was a whole multitude of heavenly hosts because they said that all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels he saith, who maketh the angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire? But unto the Son he said, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thine hand. They shall perish. They will one day perish, but thou remainest. And they all shall wax old at the other garment, and as a vesture shall thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same. Everything we see is changing, but he doesn't change. Thou art the same and thy years shall not fail. But unto which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make mine enemies, thine enemies, my footstool. In verse 14, <clears throat> are they not all ministering spirits, the angels of God? 
sent forth to minister for them who shall be the heirs of salvation. Just like Job, there's a hedge about him. And just like those little children, that little, that little boy, six years old, he was hid for six years. How could you keep someone hid for that long? God had him hid. You know where he was hid at? He was, in, hid, he was hid in Christ before the world was ever made. That's where he's hid. Hid. And how such amazing. You know, it just stirs the heart to think of everything God did and is doing to save his people. Let the heathen rage. Let them imagine a vain thing. God said, I'll laugh. <laughs> we read that and we go, we almost laugh. She says, I'm going to kill every one of them. God says, really? <laughs> That's what you intend to do, and I only am going to allow you to do what I allow you to do, but you will not stop him from coming into this world. All he done was, like Jeff said, if he had killed them all, that did, that'd been it. Because he had ordained it. Now turn to Matthew 1. I'm going to begin reading at verse 16, which almost picks up right where Jeff left off. He didn't know that, did he? <laughs> and Jacob, after all those down through there that he listed, begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who was, born, who was called Christ. So all the generations from Adam to David are 14 generations. And from David until the time that they were carried away into Babylon are 14 more generations. And from the carrying away into Babylon until Christ are 14 generations. Daniel speaks about when he would come and he would put an end of sin and all those other kingdoms would be demolished and be destroyed. All the kingdoms of the world from the Greeks to the Romans to the Assyrians... The Persians, every one of them, they're destroyed. They each one got weaker and weaker and weaker because he destroyed them. Now verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, being a believer, declared righteous by God's grace, but trusting in his son and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to just put Mary away privately. But while he thought on those things, imagine rolling those things off over in your mind. What in the world am I going to do? And while he thought on those things, behold, the angel of the Lord the ministering spirits to sent forth to minister unto them who are the heirs of salvation, appeared to him in a dream and appeared to Zacharias in the temple. He appeared to Mary when she was in Galilee and he speaks to Joseph in a dream. That's why I said he has spoken in times past by the prophet and God spoke through visions and he spoke through dreams. They didn't have the scriptures like we did but he spoke to Joseph, this angel, 
saying, Joseph, and how does he address him? Joseph, thou son of David. You know, outwardly, Joseph probably didn't look like much. But his great, 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 great grandfather was David. <laughs> Solomon, Uriah, Jehoshaphat, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. That was his father. That was his lineage. But look, it come almost to nothing. To nothing. And then Christ comes. But while he thought on those things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And I could hear him say, she is telling the truth. (laughs) That's what she said. And that's what he said. And he shall, she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, that is the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife. I guarantee you he couldn't sleep after that angel came. And you know what? He probably couldn't wait to see Mary. You think, I can't believe I doubted you. But while he was struggling, and I'm thankful that when we still struggle for answers, God sends us exactly what we need. And he comes right where we are. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did his thing to the Lord had bidden him. And he took unto him his wife. And you were not till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. It says here that Mary was espoused to Joseph. This means that they were betrothed to each other. This was as I read earlier today there in the book of Ruth. This was done before witnesses. This was a legal transaction. This is not like we do today. If I ask someone, like if I ask Sandy, I say, would you marry me? Well, then we go get a ring. And when she wears the ring, which is, you know, but it's not legal. It's not lawful because it's not done before witnesses. There's no money changed hands. There's no dowry being paid but this patrol, it was, it's, this was serious. This is what the law demanded. Usually there was a pledge given from the man to the woman, which was called a dowry. Because, see, he's losing a daughter. And it was the responsibility of the father to pay the dowry for the one that was to be married. She was purchased. Do you know to be a kinsman and a redeemer like Boaz is going to marry Ruth? He has to be able. He has to be willing. And he has, like I said, he has to be able and he has to be willing. And he has to love her. And he did. And he said, Mary and Joseph were betrothed. It's not just an engagement. This is a legal binding thing. 
Jacob worked for Rachel. How many years? 14 years. Why? He didn't have no money. Remember his father-in-law tricked him, made him work for seven years, and he didn't give him the wrong girl. Give him, he'd give him Leah on purpose, and then he said, what are you going to do about Rachel? Well, he loved Rachel. He said, I'll work for another seven years. He said it seemed like no time at all, but he worked for her. She's his wife. She's his wife. Now, this contract can only be broken by the death of one of the parties or by unfaithfulness to one of the parties. So now you see the dilemma. He's betrothed to her. She is, basic, she is basically his wife. This marriage has just not been consummated. That's his wife. She's his legal wife. And if one, if she breaks the law, he has the responsibility and the right under the law, he can make a public example unto her. And he said, this woman is pregnant and I'm not the father. And they would sentence her to death and take her outside the city and stone her to death. That's what the law demanded. You said, oh, that's strict. That's what Joseph is dealing with. I can make a public example, a public example. You know, to see someone, that would be horrifying, wouldn't it? To take a woman outside the city with child and stone that woman to death. God's law is unbending. Now, see, that's what he's dealing with. What am I to do? Or I can put her away privately. Just... You know, give her a bill of divorcement and say, you know, we're done. But you know what? Joseph loved her. That's the greatest dilemma. He knew the law had to be fulfilled. The law had to be satisfied. But he, he loved her. He loved her. He loved her. She was a spouse to him. She's promised to him. And this was a sacred. This is something sacred. Let me say something this morning. Marriage is something that's very, very sacred. God ordained it in the garden. God said the marriage is honorable and all and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. And you think about marriage, what am I going to do? I wonder what Joseph will decide. Will he put me away privately, or will he make me a public example? What will he do? And it probably never entered into each either either of them's mind, it may not have, to just get married. Someone said it was fit that Mary's conception should be protected by marriage and so justified in the eyes of the world. Like I said earlier, who would believe Mary if she says that I've not been with any man? I'm a virgin, never been with a man. And I'm with child. They said, we can't believe that. Some believe that Mary came back, when she came back from Elizabeth, that she was three months alone. She didn't deny being with child. There's no denying it. And as I said earlier, those to whom Christ is formed 
it'll be found out that it's the work of God. It's going to be manifest. This is, this is, look at that. Just, just think, look, it's, it's life. It's, it's eternal life. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's, that's, that's what happens to a believer. Christ is born in you by faith. He gives you a new heart. He gives you a new nature. And you tell people, why are you changed? You, they said, oh, I, don't, I don't believe in that Jesus stuff. I don't believe in that Bible. I just don't believe it. You just, you just changed a few habits. No, this was real. Joseph knew he was not the father, and he knew that she was with child. You just imagine. Now, remember, this man's just, he's just a man. He's a sinner just like us. He has feelings just like us. He loves her. He bought her. He's in betrothed to her. He would do anything in the world for her. And he's struggling. The one he loved so much was suspected of having committed such a horrible crime. Is this this Mary? Someone said, what if he had been the one who took her to Elizabeth's house? And he winds up three months later and says, Elizabeth, I mean, Mary, what happened here? You can imagine it. He's human. I mean, it's untelling the thoughts that run through his mind. And as he's struggling with this, he says, I can make her a public example. I can give her a divorcement. But he says he was a just man. He knew the law. He knew that the law had to be honored. But you know what? He wanted to do the right thing. The right thing. He said, I could put her away privately and not humiliate her. If she's guilty, let it not be known. He wanted to show mercy. He could be like Noah's sons and covered up that and just said, well, she did it, and I love her, and I don't want to ruin her reputation. I'm just going to put her away privately because I love her and I respect her. He was a strict observer of the law and never, probably never considered marrying her. You know, the dilemma is not so much that she's with trial, with child, the law has to be satisfied. And he knew it. How can the law be honored? And she be spared. <laughs> That's the issue. How can she be spared and the law be honored? <clears throat> Joseph, having been forgiven, is willing to forgive. You'd say, I could never forgive that. The Lord did. <laughs> and he did. While he thought on these things, he was struggling about what to do. He didn't want to put her away. I don't want to do that. 
Mr. Spurgeon made a good statement. I want you to listen to this. When we have to do a severe thing, let us choose the tenderest manner in which to do it in. This is serious. This is, this is severe. He said maybe we won't even have to do it at all. These are all the thought, the, the, the options he thought he had. How can God save a sinner and still honor the law? I didn't read in Genesis, but you know when, when um, Eve sinned, when she partook of the tree, nothing happened. And she gave Adam the fruit, and she said, basically, see, Adam, nothing happened. We're not going to die. And when Adam, now listen to me, Adam's not deceived. He, know, he knows what she did. And he knows that if he does this, he knows the consequences of it, that he will bring judgment upon himself and all his human race. And why did he take that fruit? Because he loved his wife. Why did Christ die? Because he loved his bride. Matthew Henry said when Joseph was at a loss and had carried the matter as far as he could in his own thoughts, then God came in and gave him the advice. The advice. While he struck him, God sent a messenger. You know, I've been times I've really struggled about what to do. What to say. And God would send a messenger. God may send someone just to stand and read scripture. Just exactly what we need. Came to Joseph while he was asleep. Laid down, probably tossed and turned all night. What am I to do? An angel came and said, you son of David. He's reminding this humble carpenter of his high birth. Fear not. You don't have to be afraid to take Mary to be your wife. She's not sinned. She's not sinned. She didn't run around on you. She didn't commit adultery. He has nothing to fear. Nothing to fear. You know why? She's not broken the law, and she is conceived with the law keeper who kept the law. That's why he was born. One of the reasons he's born to man. He must keep the law perfectly in thought, in motive. She had not broken the law. She had not defiled the marriage bed. She had not. And you don't have anything to be afraid of. The law can't touch her. She hadn't sinned. Fear had torment. He said, you don't have to be afraid. 
you can go get her and take her home to be your wife. And that's what he did. You know, only God can remove your fears. The law brings fear. The fear it has torment. I don't want to do this. I don't want to take her out and, and stone her. I, I don't want to do that. That's torment. It'd be torment for her and it would be torment for me. The message that he brought to Joseph was a message of grace. He's now informed. He's now, it's been explained to him or revealed to him. That which is conceived in Mary is of divine origin. Mary's with child. The Holy Spirit who produced the world now produced the Savior of the world and prepared him a body. And he said, Mary's going to have a son. And you're going to call his name Jesus. You know what basically he did when he married her? He saved her. He married her. That's his wife. Now you think about this. That's not his child. But he's whatever you want to call it. He's going to be the foster parent to that boy. And when they go to Egypt, as you mentioned, the angel of the Lord will tell him to take the young child to Egypt to protect him because if Herod can, he's going to kill him. And he, who took him? Joseph did. How, are they going to, how is he going to provide for that family? Well, God's going to send these wise men, and one of the gifts they're going to bring is gold. Can you imagine Joseph thinking, I can hardly take care of myself. How can I take care of me, my wife, and the child? He thought about these things. You know why? He was a just man. He didn't take these things lightly. He counted the cost. He said, whatever the cost is, I'll do it. You know why? He loved her. You think what he suffered to save you, to marry you. He's married unto us. He said, Hosea, I will betroth thee unto me forever. God, he said, I hate putting away. Oh, you call his name Jesus. He come to save his people from their sins. Well, how's he going to save them? Well, he's going to be conceived in a mother's womb. He's going to be born of a virgin. He's going to be raised. Joseph's going to teach him how to work in the carpenter shop. We know Joseph was still alive when he was 12 years old. After that, we don't know when he died, but it was Joseph. Do you think, you know, we don't think much about Joseph, do we? But God chose this man. All down through the lineage, this man, this man, Joseph, as the foster parent. He was to watch over him. He was to protect him and care for him. That was his responsibility. And he did, and when God was done with him, he took him out. And we don't have no record when he died because that's not important. But this man, God told him what to do. And you know what he did? He did it. 
God give us grace to obey him. And it doesn't matter what anybody thinks. One time when our Lord come back to Nazareth, you know what they said? They said, he's the son of Joseph, the carpenter. That's what they thought. They didn't know he didn't. They didn't know he wasn't Joseph's. Joseph knew. Mary knew. Elizabeth knew. A few others knew. We're going to find out some shepherds knew and some wise men knew. They knew. My question this morning is, do we know him? Do we know him? He is Emmanuel. And someone said the reason it says being interpreted, he is going to interpret that Emmanuel for us where he said God with us because the Greeks would not understand what the Hebrew word meant, Emmanuel. And he said, we're going to interpret it for you. So when you read this, you'll know what this is saying. It's Emmanuel. You think about this. God with us. You think about something else. Where two or three gather together in his name, there am I in the midst. God with us. And I pray every time we meet that God meets with us. Well, he's just in a, a, an old stable. Then he's in a, a, a house. Then he has to go to Egypt. And then, yeah, he goes back and he, and he lives in Nazareth. But he's born in Bethlehem because the scriptures have to be fulfilled. And also in Isaiah seven fourteen, Therefore the Lord shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Oh, that's what that means. <laughs> That the, he said that the scriptures might be fulfilled, and they had to be fulfilled. God prophesied of this. He told, he said it, I think it's in Malachi or uh, Micah, that he said he will be born. Where's he to be born? He's been born in Bethlehem. Why? He's of the house and lineage of David. He has to be born there. Well, they don't live there. Well, how are they going to go there? A wicked king is going to be raised up and he's going to make a decree that all men have to be taxed. You have to go to where you were born so you could put it where you, I can put it where you would understand they would make me go back to North Wilkesboro, North Carolina, where I was born and had to register as a citizen. And Sandy would have to go back wherever she was born in Caldwell County, whatever the county was. It was at Wilkes. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Do what? <laughs> but you see what I'm saying. And they were, say, well, that king don't know God. I understand that. He has to be born there. He has to be born. When Herod said, he told those men, said, you go find out where he's to be born. He's to be born in Bethlehem, Ephrata, the house of bread. David was of the house and lineage of, David was the son of Jesse, and that's where they lived in Bethlehem. 
And where's the son of David to be born? In the house of bread. In Bethlehem. What? That the scripture might be fulfilled. Now listen. Emmanuel, God with us. By the light of nature, we see God above us. By the light of the law, we see God against us. And by the light of the gospel, we see him as Emmanuel, God with us in our own nature. Then we see Joseph's obedience. What's he going to do with this information now that he's, God's revealed to him? He being raised from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and he took unto him his wife. I tell you, wherever he was at and wherever she was at, I can tell you wherever how far distance it was, his heart's leaping with joy. He can't wait to see her. I could see him walking the door and say, Mary, come on. We're, you're going to come live with me. You're my wife. I could see, imagine when they're in Bethlehem and there's no room for them in the end. and Born out in whatever it was, a stall or a cave or whatever it is, it doesn't matter when the Son of God was born. I could see Mary say, you want to hold him? He said, you know this right here? His name is Jesus. He's going to save his people from their sin. This just child, this child, you know who he is? He's my Savior. When the shepherds came, that's all they saw was a baby. When the wise men came, he's probably two years old. They see a little child. The thief on the cross saw a bloody mess. Simeon saw a little child, and he believed he was the Son of God. He's the Son of God. And he knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. Joseph will say, his name is Jesus. This is Christ, my Savior. My question to you is, is he your Savior? Is Mary and Joseph were just sinners? But they believed God, and it was declared unto them for righteousness, and they believed him. They, there's times of doubt. It said that when they brought him to the temple, when he came, and they you know, forgot he was there and missed him, and they went back, and she said, I must be about my father's business. You know what it said? She pondered those things in her heart. It said when the shepherds come, she did the same thing. She pondered those things. She didn't understand everything. We don't either. But she acted on what she knew. And she believed, how are we going to figure this out? How are we going to do this, Joseph? I don't know, Mary. But I know he's going to take care of it. And he did. In spite of everything. I hope that's maybe been a help.